0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe. Episode
1: of the Power Ranking Show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for football, basketball, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts.
0: And that, of course, is the voice of at Marcus underscore Moshe. This is the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings show, sponsored by Bet Online, and of course on the Believe Network. And we uh, uh, have a little bit to talk about tonight. Uh, Thursday night football tonight, Marcus. Yeah, how would you 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 want to you want to start there?
1: Maybe kind of sure. I don't know why I'm uh, yelling.
0: Why am I hollering? I'm I'm I'm, I'm jacked.
1: So I made the mistake today of putting on a pregame show for the NFL. That's mistake number 1. Uh and I was watching uh Steve Smith and Mike Garofolo who I, everybody has seen this clip right now of Steve Smith just going off on uh Jerry Judy the Broncos wide receiver. Not going to say everything that he said, but basically the gist of it was uh, that Jerry Judy didn't go on his podcast. He said he didn't have time to go do the show. And he Steve, Steve Smith just ripped into him, called him a Jag, which is just a guy. Um, he said he's a mentally weak player. The Broncos are eventually going to get rid of him. And I just th- – this isn't the first former player that has done this this week. And it feels like a tide is changing a little bit when it comes to how players break down current players in the NFL.
0: I agree with you. I mean, the the Rodney Harrison thing certainly brought this to the forefront forefront when he talked about Zach Wilson being what, garbage? And he was trying to get Chris Jones to say it. I think there's a lot of pressure, um, maybe stated and unstated, from the networks and such for players to take stronger stances because when they do say things like this, like it or not, it gets shared. And that's all anybody cares about is likes and getting shares. And so I don't know that if you're somebody that thinks that this is kind of classless to call out players like this and call them garbage and things like that, you may not be a fan of it, but it's hard to argue that that's what people end up sharing. And the nuanced smart takes are not the ones that get shared as much, unfortunately.
1: So I saw a lot of people on Twitter actually agreeing with Steve Smith and like, Hey, this is good for the NFL. This is awesome. Why can't a former player just say that another player sucks and he's not very good. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? Like, does there have to be, I'm good with you criticizing players on TV, but I think it has to be done in a certain professional way. What are your thoughts?
0: I I would like to see that as well, but <clears throat> It also, I think a little bit for me, not not a little bit, a lot for me, is context. Did the player do something so egregious that they warrant uh, this kind of, you know, specific criticism? In this particular case, no. No. Now, Jerry Judy may get traded. Jerry Judy may have some kind of attitude issue that the team doesn't like. Jerry Judy may not have lived up to his billing. But when I watched the clip, Marcus sent me the clip. It sure seemed like to me that some of this was just the fact that Jerry Judy blew off Steve Smith. Mm -hmm. Because he says in his clip that he was going to apologize to Jerry Judy because he's actually been playing pretty well. And then he said that Jerry Judy kind of blew him off. And once he said Jerry Judy blew him off, then he gave us his real thoughts on Jerry Judy. Yeah. Well, then if these are your real thoughts on Jerry Judy, that he sucks so bad and that he's not a number one receiver and that he can't handle it and those kind of things, then I guess that means your original part where you were going to apologize was disingenuous to begin with. In other words, if I'm going to apologize to you for something that I said about you and you say, you know what, Elliot, I just don't have time for that right now. Like you're still upset with me. If I, because of your response, just lay waste to you publicly, then was my original apology? Did it carry any weight at all? If no. it had heard, no. So um, I actually have a different problem with this. But I, you, you've gotten my take. I think the context of what the player has done is maybe more of what should warrant this kind of criticism. And I don't think Jerry Judy
1: has done anything to warrant this kind of criticism we should also mention part of the reason we're talking about this today isn't just because of Steve Smith. We had Dante Wittner after the Cowboy 49er game on the, I think it was the NBC San Francisco affiliate says that Dak Prescott sucks. That's fine. Whatever. Like I, for some reason that star brings out some really weird takes. You had uh, Rodney Harrison a couple weeks ago, basically trying to get Chris Jones of the chiefs to say that Zach Wilson sucks. And, Chris Jones took the high road and actually praised Zach Wilson. Um, We've seen LaShawn McCoy on Fox sports, you know, make some comments about uh, the Cowboys and and Dak Prescott. It just seems like this is becoming way more common than it used to be. Cause I was thinking about this today. Like, did you ever hear John Madden in the, however many games he'd broadcasted ever say a player sucked or say a player, you know, of anything similar to that?
0: No. In fact, there was actually, look, I usually ramp or say that, you know, I I, I tend to defend the older players, you know this, but there was some really bad quarterback play even in the eighties. And a lot of it was in the NFC. Now, part of that was because the great defenses were in the NFC, the giants and the bears and so on. Well, John Madden did a lot of these giants bears game. And I think it was one of their games where they were destroying some of their teams, quarterback. And he was talking about how the quarterback's not playing well, and he takes a lot of criticism. And he said, you know, look, he goes, you can criticize these guys, say they're not playing well or whatever. He said, but just don't tell me a quarterback's not tough. And he goes, and when I heard that somebody said this quarterback's not tough, he goes, you can't play quarterback in the NFL and not be a tough guy. He goes, that's just not possible. So he actually did the opposite. He would find something that was kind of a strength even when a guy was playing poorly, like being tough, and try to underline that. Um, Uh, I'm all for players having legitimate takes, though.
1: I I am for that. I have no problem with trash-talking in the NFL. Like We've been getting some trash-talk this week between Jamar Chase and Devin Witherspoon of the Seahawks. Like I think that's good because they're going to have a chance to go out there on the field and go against one another what can Jerry Judy do other than play to kind of combat the stuff that Steve Smith is saying, right? If he doesn't get targets, he doesn't get targets, right? He can't go off and, you know, start to criticize Steve Smith in the media because then it makes him look bad. So I just think when you are in a prominent role on a major network, like NFL network, you've got to know where the, the line is a little bit. It seems like Steve Smith crossed it.
0: You know, I, I worked with Steve, um, <clears throat> you know, I worked with him, uh, I try to remember if we worked on any shows together. We sat next to each other at one of our, at what the, our big meeting that we had, we always had a big talent meeting every year. I got along with him. Okay. You know, uh, but I can say from my experience there that I don't think anyone in NFL network is going to tell him, uh, what he can and can't say. Tone it down um, and off. No, he was very popular. I would say, uh, I'll I'll leave it at that. Um, but you know, everyone works with people at an office where one employee can get away with saying something that another employee couldn't because employee a is popular. And even the employees that don't like employee a want, want to like them anyway, because everybody else does. They want to be like part of the group. I would say I'm not making a direct line with Steve Smith, but I would say that Steve Smith was very popular at the NFL with the people that work there. So I don't see him taking any backlash. I could be wrong. Things may be different there now. Um, But I think by and large, whether it's NFL network or any of these other networks, um, I think they're going to applaud this kind of thing when it gets a lot of traction and it gets shared a lot. And I can tell you that there was a big push a few years ago And this is one reason why you know I think Steve is popular um, with the people that work inside of the business, not the fans inside of the business, because there used to be a fear that players wouldn't come after other players at all and not criticize them at all because these were their friends. Well, Troy
1: Aikman used to be that way, like doing the games, like he would never criticize anybody. And I think as he's gotten a little bit older, he's starting to do it a little bit more, but still tastefully. I think that's the difference. And what Steve Smith did in tonight's game. It just came off very personal rather than being objective,
0: yeah i it sounded like uh if it wasn't in the clip you sent me, didn't you tell me that that Jerry he kept going didn't come
1: on his he didn't go on his
0: podcast,
1: yeah, he didn't go on his podcast, and Steve Smith continued on, even after the rant that I sent you, there was multiple other clips of him continuing to kind of throw Jerry Judy under the bus, questioning his work ethic, questioning his mental toughness and I just I don't think that's great to do on a major TV station before a game.
0: Yeah, I would say this. Maybe what Steve Smith was saying was extremely uh, on point, but anytime you criticize someone harshly and then you throw in something that has nothing to do with the matter at hand, it always waters down your point yeah so for example if 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 well in this case steve smith's criticizing jerry judy's play and whether or not he's a number one receiver and a team should go out and grab get him okay i get that but then when you throw out well and he didn't come on my podcast now it even if you don't mean for it to you're conflating issues are you a little bit mad that the, the player blew you off or blew your podcast off he may not have been that, but it sounds that way, right?
1: That's how it sounds.
0: Right. So even if you even if that has nothing to do with it, and that's really the way Steve feels, which may be possible. Maybe Steve really feels this way, just don't mention that. Don't mention yeah. that he didn't come on your podcast. Just stick at the the matter at hand. Either way, um, whether or not you agree with Steve Smith's take or not, uh, Steve Smith's very popular. And that at least from what I've noticed. And it sure looked like to me on Twitter that everybody was quote tweeting it in a positive way, like they thought it was cool. Um, but I think if this trend continues with LaShawn McCoy and Rodney Harrison and Steve Smith, you know, at some point there's gonna be backlash, like it's gonna get too personal, and then you're gonna have players starting to come after broadcasters. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, who are the first people to get really upset? The media, right? When yeah. when so Um, you know, you keep, you keep poking the bear. Eventually the bear is not going to have, you know, PR speak and somebody at that podium is going to go on the offensive back towards the media. And I just wonder what the
1: response will be when that happens. All right, let's move on to a different topic. Uh, you actually informed me today that a former Dallas Cowboy player passed away, Walt Garrison. Um, and I know you wanted to talk on that, so I'm going to give you the floor here.
0: Yeah, just just a couple minutes here. You know, I, I recognize that that, you know, probably most of our listeners and most people that talk about football right now, like, the, the, you know, uh, we don't discuss players from the late 60s and early 70s much and because it's 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 been a long time, um, but I think it's important. And and so whenever someone like this passes away, I just want to give it a couple of minutes because I feel like. Is it, is it fair for me to say, Marcus, that in football more than other sports, these older eras and their players seem to slip out of the general consciousness more than like
1: golf or oh, baseball yeah. or basketball? Oh, yeah. I, we it, I, The NFL just doesn't recognize history as much as baseball and basketball do. I, I,
0: we've talked about the whys of that before. One of the things that obviously changed in the 90s was the salary cap and free agency in the seventies and eighties and sixties, you had guys playing for the same team for a long time. Walt Garrison is one of those guys. He played nine years for the Cowboys and it was nine really hard years because he played fullback in a really tough era. He played fullback when, uh, you know, (laughs) you could hit in a lot of ways that you can't hit now. And also I should add that Walt Garrison's prime. That's when a lot of these stadiums went to turf and not the field turf. We're talking about turf. The AstroTurf, uh, tons of stadiums in the late 60s and early 70s. I could just go down the line, Soldier Field in Chicago, Veterans Stadium uh, yeah. in Philadelphia, Texas Stadium, Astro's, uh, the the um, Astrodome. Uh, uh, did I say Arrowhead already? Soldier Field. There were so many of them that all went to turf. By, by the mid-70s, you had so many turf stadiums, and it was just a thin little carpet over concrete, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was really hard on these guys. So nine years at fullback in this era was a lot. Walt Garrison was an extremely physical player. He was beloved by teammates. He was kind of a cowboy's cowboy. This is a guy that actually did rodeo, Mm -hmm. and I think he did Skull Bandit commercials, uh, if I'm not mistaken, in the 80s. He was a real... Cowboy, And uh, he was born in Denton, Texas, which is about 30 miles north of Dallas. It's where the University of North Texas is, if you've ever heard of the Mean Green. Um, But the thing I want to point out is, uh, Marcus, I pulled up his pro football reference. You're a numbers guy, Mm -hmm. okay? So they have him listed as a running back in 1969, but I know for a fact that the Cowboys fullback retired in 69, Don Perkins, and Walt Garrison took over that role. And so after starting one game his first three years, he started the whole year in 69. He played 13 games. Uh, Calvin Hill was their tailback. Um, Walt Garrison, as a fullback, ran for 818 yards at 4.6 per carry. Uh, that's pretty good, man. Oh Mike thought would be very proud. Heck yeah. Uh, 1970. He starts 10 games, runs for 507. So that's 50 yards per. Uh, they make the championship. They made the Super Bowl that year. They won the championship at, the, at San Francisco. Marcus, he played the whole game with a broken collarbone. at fullback. You know? Can you imagine? <laughs> well, you're taking on the linebacker in the hole, right? This is old school, like power eye kind mm-hmm. of football. Uh, probably his best year was 1972. Played a full 14-game schedule. He ran for 784 yards as a fullback at 4.7 yards a carry. By the way, 784 in a 14-game season would be like 950 yep. in a 17-game season. 4.7 per carry, that's running short yardage in there, right? So you got a lot of one- and two-yard runs for either touchdowns or on third and one that are bringing your average down. And uh, he averaged 10 yards a catch on 37 catches. And scored 10 touchdowns, man. That's what a
1: player. Yeah.
0: Uh it made the, the modern-day
1: Kyle check.
0: Right, except a lot more use. Yeah. And, in, in, you know, honestly, a, a more physical game. Not, And you know I love Kyle check. I love Kyle check. Now, I will say this. check gets used as an H-back a lot and stuff. Walt Garrison wasn't used in that way because Tom Landry used his tight ends to alternate plays, like to, mm-hmm. to bring the play call in. So they didn't really run an H-back. But um that said, Walt Garrison, nine years in the league as a fullback, didn't even start his first three years and still ran for 3,800 yards. He averaged 4.3 yards per carry uh for his career. Pretty good. And also caught 182 balls uh with it scored 50
1: touchdowns from scrimmage. So really, really great career. Heck yeah. That's awesome. I was, and I'm glad that on this podcast we can do you know little 4 or 5 minute segments like this because uh those kind of players like you mentioned they get lost in the history and they just kind of get lost in the shuffle so um yeah so thoughts and uh, prayers to Walt Garrison's family what a player
0: and in this particular case um it's interesting to note cuz his position doesn't really exist in the NFL as no. we know it There's more. like four
1: four of those guys in the league right now
0: Right. And only one of them really gets to do all these things. It's Kyle Huszczyk, you know, so um, it really, really interesting uh, thing there. Okay. We want to segue a little bit. It's a rough segue, but go ahead. It's a rough segue. Okay. But I want to end this on a lighthearted note. Uh, Actually it was my brother who said, Hey, you got to talk about Walt Garrison on the podcast. My brother is a dedicated listener of our podcast and he loves Walt Garrison. He loves my brother really loves that era of the Cowboys uh, the early seven, he loves that era of the NFL. It's his favorite, uh, but uh, or one of his favorites. But um, I just want to say to you, right now, that I am so
1: scared. <laughs> uh, Elliot and I were talking about our favorite horror movies before the podcast today, and he and it's the Power me-
0: Rankings podcast.
1: Yeah, so he forced me to do a, a power ranking of my top five favorite horror films. I'm forced. Yeah, I already had the list made. Uh, I had eight. I it was uh, I had trouble cutting it down to five. But here's the list. Are you ready?
0: I am. And look, I know we want to do 22 minutes. Looks like we're we're going for 26. So okay. I mean, let's we gotta we we gotta let it. All look, right. what, remember our our one listener said all we did was complain for 15 minutes about. Yeah, no,
1: I'm not going to. Yeah, so right we're now. not
0: complaining here. You know. So let's uh let's go.
1: All right, number five. Yeah, uh, probably the best overall movie was nominated for best picture. Get out fairly recent.
0: Wow. OK, I would not have expected that. Get out. Uh, I saw that I had no idea what it was about. Neither I had did I. no I didn't see the trailer. I didn't know nothing. I still think those are the I didn't know nothing. <laughs> I didn't know nothing. No, I didn't know anything. That's just
1: alone, everybody.
0: <laughs> you think this list is like you against you? Uh, technically Rocky five should be classified as yeah, horror, but for a different terrible. reason. Um, I was shocked at this movie. Like I, I didn't know where it was going. The only thing that kind of distracted me in this movie, Marcus, is that, um, it was a little weird for me that Steve Carell's girlfriend from 40 year old virgin was the one tapping the, uh, the cup.
1: Yeah, it's true. Uh, i I just really like that movie. Shout out to Jordan Peele. Uh, all right, number four. I know this one. You're a fan. The Shining. Uh, I think this is Jack Nicholson's best movie. It's so freaking creepy. The last hour of this movie is incredible. Uh, there's so many weird scenes in this one. Now, it's, it's, a, it's a long watch. Like, you got to be prepared. You're just not going to throw this on at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. But The Shining, one of my favorites.
0: Don't think you can come down here, flash a badge, and make me nervous. <laughs> Sorry, I, that's a different Jack Nicholson movie. Um, you don't even know where that's from, do you?
1: No, I was thinking about the bar scene. a few scene good men. You, that's a five. Uh, let's move on. Oh, the uh, bar
0: scene where he's talking to the bar. That is so weird, yeah. isn't it? I could yeah. never understand that as a kid.
1: Uh, now I think that's one of the genius scenes of the uh, movie. Uh, number three, Silence of the Lambs. Now, I don't know if this counts technically as a horror film. I think it's really Close more enough. of a thriller. Uh this whole movie is rewatchable. I mean, every single scene in this movie is good. I'm not a big Jodie Foster fan, uh, but I think she crushed it in this movie.
0: Well, I think some of the things that help make a movie horror is, first of all, are you on the edge of your seat, like wondering, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? When, when Scott Glenn, her boss, you know, with the FBI, goes to, they go to the wrong house, yes. the guy rings the doorbell. And you think that's the house that, that Buffalo Bill's at? And then yes. Jody Foster rings is that the doorbell. The real house? Oh, there's such suspense, you know, after he goes, Oh wait.
1: <laughs> Remember that? She a big old fat lady. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait. Um have you ever done the <laughs> Buffalo Bill dance at your house before?
0: Uh <laughs> it's been a few years probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh,
1: what makes yeah. that movie great is there's two kind of villains in the, in the movie, right? You've got yeah. Buffalo bill. And then you've got Anthony Hopkins and it's, it's just so good.
0: I think I lasted the Buffalo bill dance when I was no longer working in the NFL. So I didn't have to play in fantasy leagues. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah one other thing that really helps that movie or two other things that really helped that movie be horror, Cause you're talking about it being in suspense category, thriller category. And I think the thriller category is like the shining. This movie Seven is another one with Brad Pitt, and Morgan Freeman. Um, is the music? Oh, the, the score the, is so good. The, the score is incredible. And then, lastly, if you think, well, was that really a scary movie? The scene where she's in that room that's completely black, and he's he turns on the night the, vision. Oh, dude, Yeah. that, that scene is unbelievable.
1: Well, I, I I just like it when Anthony Hopkins escapes uh, from the jail cell. Remember? Oh, he's like, yeah, on the elevator. In the blood yeah. script. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, the,
0: the police officer, I, I cannot think of his name right now. He looked like Lee Majors, but his name, ah, oh, it's escaped, Charles Napier. Ch- yeah, he Scott. was he was the senator in Rambo 2 that uh, sent Rambo on a, a, a fool's errand. Uh, yeah. I know for all you Rambo 2
1: fans out there, you're welcome. Uh, let's go to your number two. Uh, talking about great scores, Halloween has to be on this list. I mean, just the intro alone in that movie – gets you so pumped up for the whole thing. Now it's, it's slower pace. It's definitely a slow burn. uh, But I love that movie because there's, there's really no gore. um, And everything just kind of has you on the edge of your seat the whole time. You and I are both in agreement. We love Halloween. Yeah. I mean,
0: my favorite thing about that movie is that John Carpenter who directed that movie, that movie's his baby also did the music. And that's Mm. very rare uh, that somebody also does the music Um, it's such a simplistic score, uh, but it, man, it really brings it home. And, and, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that movie, I mean, maybe it has a little trouble standing up as well as like silence of the lambs, but I don't think it's like cheesy. No, it's not. No, no, it's, it's just a little bit older movie and you have to know that going in.
1: All right. So my number one movie, I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever seen it, which is going to make this kind of funny, but. My number one horror movie of all time is a movie called The Ring. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen The Ring I before. Have. You have? Yeah. Okay, I so have. I want your thoughts. You give me your thoughts on the movie.
0: So I've not only seen The Ring, I've seen Ring U, which was the original Japanese mm-hmm. film. I think it was Japanese. Yes, uh, Korean film or yeah. Japanese movie. I'm trying to remember now um, originally. But um, I tell you what, I thought it was really well done. Um, there were so many creepy moments where they go out to the house and all um, oh, that actor that you like that plays Agamemnon and Troy um, does McDonald's yeah. voiceovers. What's yeah, his name?
1: Yeah. Oh, I nah. can't think of his name. He's uh, in game of Thrones. He's in uh, secession, all that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yes. Um, that part was really well done. And really, all of it is, is it's just ominous, but the scene that I thought carried that movie, man, that I mean, just really got to me was when her boyfriend is at his place and the water, the, the TV starts adjusting yep. and the girl comes out of the
1: well. And then, Oh my gosh, yeah. that was crazy. I, I watched that movie for the first time in a treehouse that had just, I mean, a really rinky dink tree house when I was like 11 years old and it was storming outside I was spooked, but I love it. It's such a good movie, and the way that it ends is so great, too, like where you get to see the whole movie, and I love how you get to see where certain parts of that video kind of came from. It's just mm-hmm. so well done. I, I, I get kind of creeped out every time I watch it. Yeah, I'm still trying to think of the the actor
0: we're trying to think of. He was in For Love of the Game with Kevin Costner. He played the owner of the Tigers. Like I said, he played Agamemnon and Troy. Brian oh my Cox. gosh, Brian Cox. Brian Cox, thank you very much. Uh, Troy was not a great movie, but but well, he was really good as Agamemnon. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was it was entertaining. Um, I I do love those historical epics, but that's a list for another day. So uh, give it, give us your five again. We got
1: Get Out at five, The Shining at four, Silence of the Lambs three, Halloween at two, and The Ring at number one.
0: I'd really like to know what a couple of our listeners think of that list. I actually think you did a pretty solid job, much better than when you power ranked the teams a couple of weeks ago. Can I, uh, your really final quickly, thought. Before
1: we go, the The three movies that were in honorable mentions for me were Saw. I love the original Saw. The ending of the, the first Saw movie is so good. Uh, the Conjuring, another really good, just scary movie that was made in the last 20 years. And then a movie called The Orphan. I don't know if you've ever seen The Orphan before. Go check it out if you get a chance this weekend. That's a real, real creepy movie that I don't have any plans to watch anytime soon. I
0: yeah. <laughs> I just leprechaun didn't make your list. I'm no disappointed about that, but uh, it's a conversation for another day. Uh, on that note, uh, if you want to hear non-horror take, well, actually, given last week's game, if you want to hear <laughs> horror takes, uh, listen to Locked On Cowboys with Landon McCool. Also, he does it, Marcus does a podcast. <laughs> Uh, on Dynasty, uh, Fantasy Dynasty, uh, that is not the TV show, on the Locked On Network, and the Raiders, whose offense is truly horrific as well, on uh, <laughs> USA Today Raiders Wire. Uh, that's where he covers those guys. Also, he writes for the Team. He's at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. We hope you guys enjoyed this bonus podcast, and we will talk to all of you uh, pretty soon. Enjoy your football weekend, everybody. Take care.